Welcome to the CEO of Destiny podcast, where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace. And now your host, Andre J. Benjamin. What is your thinking around ways for creatives to engage in this reformation? Because they they might be leery of the tech and they're, they kind of got burned by the older business models. Well, again, blockchain is going to cut out a lot of intermediaries and allow these creative people to go straight to the consumer. Just like, um, you know, back in the day with the Internet, if you, you wanted to sell, say, a super soaker, you'd have to go through Toys R Us or Walmart or some sort of a vendor to do it. Then the Internet came around and said, hey, we can we can you know, have www.supersoaker.com where I could potentially sell directly to the consumer. Blockchain is going to accelerate that even more by allowing people to go directly to the consumer. And the collection, the, um, the auditing, all of the, the record trail is going to be right there on the chain. So it's going to be much harder for somebody to hide what they owe to someone else. So if you write a song, I'm your distributor or whatever, I, I'm gonna, if I sell through the blockchain to the end consumers, you as the creator are going to know what is your right cut. And not only are you going to know what, what, what's your right cut, the blockchain is going to directly pay you as opposed to making me collect and then and then pay you where I could potentially do something that's advantageous to me, that's not advantageous to you, that's against our agreement. Um, the, 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 the chain will be sort of the, the arbitrator of, um, of who's supposed to get what based on, on the code and the original uh, terms that were, were forged out. Uh, what are your thoughts on DAOs? I think DAOs in, in theory are a great thing. I think it's going to take us some time to, um, to get to that point. To get to that point, and it's going to take um, it's going to take a lot of trial and error. I I, I do like the idea, um, but you know, just not to get too philosophical. But it's like you know, in the United States we have the Constitution, and they say the Constitution is a living document. You've got to be able to change it and have people interpret things based on, on a set of, of facts, as opposed to just hard and fast. This is the way, way things are, are going to work. Like, like you said earlier, you know, you, you, you don't want to cut humans out completely because yeah. we're human beings and we, we, you know, we want to make sure that we do have some say. In, in, in That's people. what made people a little more leery of, you know, when I talk to uh, truckers in particular the, in the trucking industry about like, self-driving truck and whatnot and they say things like hey well i don't want if the computer is making the analysis of save my life versus i don't want to be a calculation sure <laughs> sure no i i think expendable. <laughs> we as a society have got to through trial and error decide what what we want and what we don't want the this technology to do and the, so as far as regulation as we're, as we're coming to a round in the corner to close out what are your thinking as uh, can the regulation and, and is this bureaucracy of things, is it going to stifle or is it going to help um, the financial re reformation? So is it, you know what I mean? As, as things are, because I love how you lay out different nations that are already ahead of the curve that are trying to take a proactive view versus, versus reactive. And then you yep. also lay out how they can be some players. What are your, what are your thoughts about how, regulators should engage with this and how people should look at regulation who are in this field. 
because yeah, some people are scared to get in because they don't feel it's regulated enough. And then others are going to wait too long. And then it's it becomes, you know what I mean? Like now they sure. Yeah, I, I think in order for this industry to grow and to really realize its potential, we're going to have to have regulation. This idea that the blockchain is going to take over and it's going to set up all, all new rules on its own. I don't subscribe to that. I think you, we're going to have to um, have some groundwork, have some um, just direction from the government as to, to you know, what are the rules and, and, and what are the expectations if, if, if certain things uh, unfold. To me, the biggest stifling of innovation is coming from the government not coming out with any kind of rulings on stuff and leaving that ambiguity. Yes. Uh, it's sort of the, the, the old saying, the start stops things because we haven't started. It just, it, it stops things from happening. Um, I do feel like there's some several catalysts out there that are, that are kind of forcing things to a head on Capitol Hill in Washington and other governments around the world. As I highlighted in the book, there are countries like Singapore, the United Arab Emirates, Switzerland, to a lesser extent, that are ironing out these questions and saying this is this is how blockchain will be viewed in the eyes of the law. And that's causing business from overseas to flock to those countries. And Absolutely. There's going to be a day when the bankers in New York or London or wherever they're saying, hey, you know, these smart people in other countries, they're, they're eating my lunch. Yes. Uh, representative in in Congress or Parliament or whatever, you need to get your act together. Um, and, and, and maybe even if you just take what they've already put together and pass that into law here, whatever it is, it, it, it's it's creating um, an inertia um, where we, where we get these these questions uh, sorted out. And so I, I think that's that's a good thing. I think that the the executive order that the Biden administration put out a few uh, weeks ago was good. And this, they said, look, our overarching idea is we want the United States to be a world leader in technology and we don't want to um, stop things dead in its tracks by being too stringent around our, our, our rules. And so um, I think that was a good high level way of thinking about this. And it's going to take time. It's going to, like I said, kind of trial and error. It's, it's, it's uh, it's, it's not going to be an overnight kind of, of process, but it, it is starting to head that way. It, uh, but the reluctance and the ambiguity is what you're saying that more concerns you. It's like, don't wait until things really get, like you said, the start, the stop being the stop. Don't wait till things get rolling and momentum and then come in way late to the party saying, actually, this is illegal. We can't do this. We can't do that. Right. And, and the other thing that I would say is the government not doing stuff, um, it could lead to accidents in the market or, or bad situations. I mean, I, I think that um, I, I, I think less is more from the government generally, but I do think you need to have, again, a, a clear set of, of rules and, and you need to route bad actors out. Uh, the, the, the example that I would point to are these stable coins right now. Those are basically the dollars on the digital rails yes. that a private bank would offer. Um, that's a $200 billion market today. And we have rules around how banks have to operate, where if I deposit my paycheck or you put your life savings into a bank, you want to be darn sure that when you go back to collect that the money, FDIC, right? And the, the stable coins are not operating under those same parameters. And the stable coins right now are the lifeblood in, in a lot of ways for the prices of these cryptos. And if, if, 
um, the proper type of accounting and the proper type of, of assets that can can be uh, would be assumed that these, that these banks um, are, are dealing with aren't being adhered to, uh, that could cause a big problem in the marketplace. And what that will ultimately do is if there's a disaster, it'll make people in, in the general public say, hey, this blockchain thing is not safe. And it's not that the blockchain, the technology is not safe. It's that the mechanisms by which these, these people were operating under weren't what they should have been. And that's why the, the regulators to me need to get in and, and, and sort these these issues out now as opposed to on the front end something bad to happen yeah don't wait into and then react and then lastly what would you say are some of your own greatest hopes and dreams for the blockchain and, and web3 basically where things are headed what is something that you see and you're like man I, I i'm really i'm really um anticipating and expecting and i'd be excited to see these things happen this outcome would be great to see I think big picture, the blockchain brings about three things. I think it, it creates efficiencies, which is probably the biggest thing that it's going to bring about. Number two, it's going to create the potential for new products that people have never even thought about. Um, I think that's really great. And then the third thing is it creates new distribution channels, which we, we've talked about. And so what I would love to see is this create opportunities for entrepreneurs to um, fulfill their dreams and to create all kinds of new new businesses to help them themselves and their family and the broader society. And I think it, it will also bring about the potential for everyday people to get access to cheaper credit and, 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 and better banking services really. Um, yeah. I love the loan section, by the way, that was of the book. Yeah. I mean, if, if you have, if you have a smartphone and you have crypto, you have access to a loan um, and, and that, that, that will be the way that the things uh, unfold over time. And so I, I see that as, again, this sort of democratizing money and putting power back into the people's hands and the pricing mechanisms that uh, a capitalist type of system would would uh, would foster. Um, it, it really is facilitated by the blockchain. And then lastly, where this is the real lastly, right? I, I, we get three closings if you're a speaker, right? Uh, <laughs> what are, what are you planning to do with the momentum of the book? What's next? Well, I've got my firm, Honeycomb Digital Investments, oh. um, where we're helping people get uh, access to some of these blockchain investments. I, I, I saw a, a huge need for um, there to be professional money managers who understood risk, understood the technology to come in and help everyday people um, get access to these kinds of, 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 an, of an investment. So I see a lot of opportunity there. Um, you know, I, I see opportunities for entrepreneurs and, and just asset holders to, to, to tokenize assets. So we're working with some different um, projects there. Um, I just, I, I, I'm just really happy also that a lot of universities are, are using this book to teach and, and, and corporations are using it to uh, get their employees up to speed on how this technology is going to be the biggest thing since the internet. And so that, you know, just, just a lot of, a lot of great things have come from that book. And, and, and I'm, I really appreciate you taking time to, to highlight it here today on your show. Absolutely. Where can they find you? How can we find you on all things? What I'm, we're going to post your information you gave, but I want you to share it with the audience as well. So we have to clip. Sure. There's digitalfinancebook.com. Um, also check it out on Amazon or, or your favorite uh 
book retail. It's available in hard copy like you've got there, Andre, but it's also available for people who like audio copies. Uh, you, can, you can download it onto your iPhone, your Kindle, whatever it might be. Uh, listen to it in the car, listen to it uh, when you're taking a walk on your head, head uh, phones. Uh, we've got a lot of different ways for you in which you can access the content. Well, thanks, Baxter, for being here. I'm, I'm really um, pumped because, uh, like I said, I don't just pick people based upon uh, things that I'm interested in. I'll also pick it, pick them based upon how the resource is useful. And this is a very useful. I'm definitely going back to it as a reference book. And we'll have our children. We have a 12, a nine and a five year old. So be able to pull some conversations out because you created a great resource and look forward to more. Is there more writing in the future, possibly? You know, we put out content uh, through through podcasts. We, uh, I, I do some written pieces that, that are available on our website, uh, honeycombdigital.io. Who knows? Maybe I write another book at some point. Um, we'll just have to see how the future unfolds. Well, thanks for being here, Baxter. I'm excited for the future. And, you know, thank you for your time. And this is going to add a lot of value to a lot of people. Great. I appreciate you having me on your show today. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do us a favor. If this was useful in any way for you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast. If you'd like more information and to receive a free download, rediscover your destiny, go to ceoofdestiny.com. Thanks again and tune in next time.